Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 129. School is taking up a lot of my time and making me kind of sad, so I couldn't think up much to say this time. So the only thing I could really think of to talk about was in Hearthstone, there's a lot of people saying, you know, a lot of people have a bunch of legendaries in their deck and they're overpowered and blah blah blah. So one of the decks that I use is a priest deck, and it's sort of built around taking control or copying other cards, which basically kind of negates the effect of somebody having, you know, a bunch of super powerful cards. So I thought, well, I guess I can talk about that. So that's really all I have this time. So hopefully you will enjoy the show. So I suppose one thing I should note before I go into my discussion on my priest deck that I was going to talk about is Hearthstone is still technically in beta. The priest class did just get sort of retuned in this last patch a week ago. So it is still possible that some of these cards that I'm going to talk about or, you know, some of the core features in priest might actually change, you know, sometime before release which they're still on schedule for, you know, by the end of the year. So that's pretty much two months from now. So I don't think anything's really going to change. But it is possible. So if you are not in beta and you come in at open beta, which I'm going to guess will probably only be a few weeks from now. But if you come in in the future and some of these cards are either missing or changed, then that would be why, because I'm talking about it during beta, you know, and that can happen. So the deck I'm going to talk about is for Priest. It is called Mindbender. It is not the cheapest deck I will talk about. Pretty much I do like to stick to deck suggestions which are mostly basic or common. That way, you know, the greatest number of people can access them. This one is going to be a bit more pricey in terms of, you know, needing higher rarity cards. But it shouldn't be too far out of the range for most people. It has four common cards and three rare cards, which, you know, you double those. That pretty much is half of your deck. So, you know, like I said, it's a bit more pricey in terms of rarity. But being common and rare, you should be able to collect, you know, at least one copy of the cards or maybe even two. You know, build up the collection pretty quickly. And the common ones are really cheap to craft. So, you know, if you get some arcane dust, you can do that. And, you know, some of the common ones are useful for many decks, so you might want to focus on those first if you are missing cards and do want to build this deck. This deck is great for control. It is also really great for players who like puzzles. Because sort of each turn you'll need to maximize, you know, what is the most efficient thing to do with each card. And you will want to kind of save some cards and you know, weigh the checks and balances, you know, is this card worth casting now or should I do it later kind of thing. So the difficulty, you know, is pretty high in that regard. Priest, as 
you know, just a class overall is one of the most difficult classes. I would say it, you know, actually is the most difficult. Because to really understand it, you not only have to know the strategies and synergies, you know, of your own deck, but also of all of the decks of the opponents you're playing. So that's one reason why I'm not so afraid that it's a little bit more pricey in terms of card costs. Because that way, you know, you guys will have to play through a little bit and you'll have to get a little bit more familiar with your opponents. You know, build up your collection a little bit before you make this deck. So hopefully you'll have, you know, a decent level of knowledge going into it. This deck, in a lot of ways, sort of philosophically crosses the line between life and death. The priest hero power is that you can heal two points of, you know, hit point damage. And several cards will also either heal or have, you know, a healing-ish component to them. Basically, you know, there's several elements that synergize with healing, but there are a few elements that sort of synergize with, you know, being really offensive and not healing, which is what I'm calling death. So it's kind of critical that you understand, you know, the strategies and synergies of the deck in terms of when are you going to be focusing on, you know, sort of life aspects, and when are you going to be focusing on sort of dealing out as much damage as you can and focusing on death aspects. That will probably make a little bit more sense as, you know, I go through and describe the deck. And once you get into Hearthstone, you know, and, and you make the deck yourself, you'll, you'll actually see and be able to, you know, look back and forth at the various cards and go, aha, haha, aha, I get it. So I will talk about the Priest class cards first. And these will be in order of lowest to highest mana. So if you happen to be playing now, you can just, you know, open up the Priest tab and take a look. The first card is Silence. It's zero mana, so it's like the cheapest Silence out there. In this particular deck, Silence is actually kind of a last resort. You actually really only want to use it when it is the most tactical option. Because in many cases, some of the other cards are simply waiting out the opponent for the right time is actually a better move than, you know, just throwing out that silence, you know, right away. Plus, there are only actually two silences in the whole deck. Most of the other stuff is just straight-up removal or manipulation of stuff. So you do want to be, you know, very careful about how and when you use your two silences. Holy Smite is one mana. It does two damage. It is great for finishing off a minion or maintaining board control. However, since this deck does not have, they're calling it spell damage now, the stuff that boosts damage on spells, I recommend not using it against the hero unless it's, you know, absolutely, totally advantageous to do so. Because it's only going to do two damage, so it's not a whole lot of damage. But, you know, if you've got an 8-8 minion that you're facing and you get it down to, you know, two points, you can finish it off with this. Or, you know, somebody throws down, you know, a 2-2 defender. You can take it out and, you know, wipe out that taunt and then you're free and clear again. So, you know, there are some really good uses. But like I said, you know, it is only two damage. It's not going to get any bigger. So you want to probably save it as the just-in-case card. Plus, it's pretty cheap. So, you know, it's easy to hang on to. Mind Vision is one mana. This copies a card in the opponent's hand. So it's really best not to use before about turn three. And ideally, you want to kind of hang on to about turn four or maybe five and see, you know, sort of which cards they're repeatedly, you know, quote unquote, looking at. 
And if there are ones they've been holding on to for a few turns, you know, that's probably a good indication those are good cards. You might want to grab them. One thing to note, if the opponent has, say, four cards, and you use Mind Vision and you get a pretty awesome card, you might want to go ahead and burn the second one if you happen to have it. Because that way, you know, you've got double a chance to get, you know, that really good card. Also, one very important thing to note that I actually often kind of forget is that since this is copying a card from their hand, whatever you copy, they're going to have it. You know, a lot of times I don't forget because it is something that's really important, and that's why they're hanging on to it. But if it's something like, you know, it just happens to be a minion that's not one that I use, you know, I might forget that they happen to have it if I hold on to it for a few turns. So do try and remember, you know, when you're using Mind Vision, this is coming from their hand, and so they're hanging on to it, and they could throw it out, you know, the very next turn or a few turns down the line. Power Word Shield is one mana. This is retuned from the previous version of the game, and I actually really like this version. I didn't like it in the previous version. As of the last patch, it now gives whatever minion you cast on two health, and you draw a card. So it's good for card draw. But be careful when you use it, because, you know, there is that chance that the opponent could just silence it back down, or they could, you know, if they're mage or shaman, you know, polymorph you or hex you, and then, you know, poof, it's a a sheep or a frog, and then, you know, that boost of health is completely irrelevant. So do kind of, you know, keep an eye on how many cards they have in their hand, and, you know, is this a good time or not? Does it seem risky? Worst case scenario, you know, you always get that extra card, so it might be good to use if you're low on cards as well. Shadow Word Pain is two mana, and it will destroy a minion of three or less attack which now pairs very well with a brand new card, Shadow Word Death, which is 3 mana, and it destroys a minion with 5 or more attack. So these work really great paired. You know, you get one of each in your hand and kind of hold on to them, because then it's like if they drop an important minion with a low amount of attack, you wipe them out, no big deal. They drop something down and they pump it up quite a bit, or, you know, it's a very large creature. Again, you know, you've got that card, boom, not a problem. So, you know, in both conditions, you know, you've got some really good flexibility there for how to, you know, straight up remove a card that they just played or, you know, has been around for a while. Again, I would recommend, you know, hanging on to them, you know, just in case something really crazy does come out that you need to get rid of. Thought Steel is three mana, and it is a common card. I think I've talked about it before, but it copies two cards from the opponent's deck could be anything anywhere in their deck and sort of this is where you'll turn the opponent's deck against them or you know get cards that fill in for weaknesses of the mindbender deck if you do get cards which may align to that sort of life or death aspect of the mindbender deck you know be sure to keep an eye out for the synergies on that and again you know as i talk a little bit more specifically about those aspects you'll you'll figure out You know what I mean by that. Shadow Madness is a 4 mana card. It is one of the rare ones in this deck. And this is kind of one of the big game changers. It grants you control of a minion for your turn of an opponent's minion, which has 3 or less attack. The obvious use is that you can pull a minion and then smash it into the face of another minion. 
And, you know, if you pull the right ones, you can take out two of the opponent's critters right then and there. But it can also be really great if, you know, he's got that one taunter up. You can pull his one taunter and then you just walk right by everything else. Or if he happens to have a minion that's granting a bonus to a bunch of minions, you know, pull that one out and then it's no longer granting any bonus. Or, you know, you can pull one out that grants, you know, a bonus that would be helpful to your minions that turn. One really interesting aspect about this is because the card is now, you know, considered under your ownership, if there is any death rattle effect, you'll get the benefit for it. So if it's that the card does a particular something or it comes back to life, you know, since it was under your control while it died, that counts for you. Additionally, if you want to tweak this deck and put something in, or you happen to, you know, copy a card from the opponent's deck, that is one of the types that is, you know, return a card back to your hand, you can also play it while, you know, the minion's under your control, and it will go back to your hand, and then, you know, when you replay it, it acts as if, you know, it's permanently your card. I don't know if that will be, you know, patched out so people can no longer sort of exploit that. And it is going to be, you know, a really, really rare situation that comes up. But, you know, the death rattle and, you know, having benefits like that are things you don't normally consider for this kind of card. But the card is really versatile and can be, you know, quite the game changer if played at the right time. That being said, you know, don't be afraid to use it, you know, fairly quickly if you need to. If somebody has, you know, board control, they've got maybe three minions up, you've only got one minion up, you know, go ahead and pull one of their minions and smash it into the face and then, you know, two of his minions are down, you know, and then just ignore the third one if they're small enough. You know, you can sort of maintain board control that way. And the big card for this deck, which sort of controls the whole life-death cycle, and I might not be saying the name right, is the Aucheni Soul Priest. A-U-C-H-E-N-A-I. She costs 4 mana and she's rare. She has 3 attack and 5 health. But the reason why she's so important is for her special ability. While she is in play, and, you know, not silenced, she makes it so that all healing powers now do damage. So now your priest hero power of heal to damage becomes deal to damage. So this allows you to sort of flip things to going on the offensive. You can then start, you know, popping small critters right and left with your hero power. And that makes you, you know, kind of a very different threat. However, you have to be very, very careful not to forget what cards you have in your deck that actually do healing. Something like Holy Nova does damage to the enemy and, you know, has an effect that heals your minions. But when she's out, it'll do damage to the enemy and damage to your minions and you. So you know it basically does damage to everybody. So you don't really want to use that, you know, unless you absolutely need to. Which is why I kind of say, you know, you want to think sort of like a life cycle or a death cycle. You know, when she's out, you know, it's a death cycle. Just do, you know, damage. Just focus on doing damage. You know, focus on not letting your guys take too much damage because, you know, you can't heal. And sort of a whole sort of flipped philosophy. So you kind of have to sort of watch how your current game is shaping. Are you putting more minions out that are, you know, more life-based and they might need more healing? 
you know, you might want to hold her back, keep her in your hand, you know, stay in a life cycle. You know, if not, you know, say you've got a taunter out there, everything's looking good, you know, go ahead and drop her down and start, you know, smashing things in the face with your hero power. Light Spawn is four mana, and it's a common card. This critter is unique to Priest, and then its attack will always be equal to its health. Its sort of base value is 0 slash 5, but because of that effect, you know, it's effectively a 5-5 right from the start. And so it's very important to note with this one that buffs and debuffs to the attack will have no effect on him. Like, Paladin has a couple of these effects. One of them is, you know, change a minion's attack to one, you know, one attack. No effect, because that'll be cast on them, and then immediately, you know, it's attack equals health. So, you know, it's still five health, so poof, back to five attack. Similarly, if you happen to copy a card that boosts it, you know, there's a paladin card that's like plus three attack, you know, it will not actually stack on him. You know, to boost it up, you know, say it starts 5-5, you cast that thinking it'll boost it to 8-5, doesn't happen. You cast it on the critter, you know, in theory it should go up to 8-5, but it doesn't because attack always equals health. So again, you know, that's something that will have no effect on him. But things like Power Word Shield, you know, that boost the health, those will be awesome because then it, you know, bounces right back to attack. So this is absolutely, you know, one of the creatures that keeps you in a life cycle. Because, you know, you can slam him into the face of something, gets damaged, you use your hero power to heal him back up, you know, poof, he's back to being fine again. He is pretty much your main attacking minion, you know, when you're in a life cycle. Holy Nova is 5 mana, and it does 2 damage to all of the enemies. That's both minions and the enemy hero. And it heals all friendlies for two points of damage. So all of your minions and your hero, you know, get two points back. As previously mentioned, you want to be very careful to only use this during a life cycle. You know, otherwise you're going to do two damage to them and two damage to yourself. Which I've done, you know, once or twice on accident. It's like, oh, poop. That was not what I wanted to do. So, you know, be very careful to watch out for that. Note 2, this is Mindbender's only AE attack. It is really weak and kind of susceptible to, you know, some people are calling them swarms, you know, lots of minions. You really kind of have to maintain control of the board, like, all the time. Otherwise, you know, if it gets out of control, you know, this is your only card to really deal sort of AE damage, and, and you get in a lot of trouble from that. So again, you know, if you happen to copy a card from the opponent's deck that does do AE, you know, you absolutely want to hang on to it because that is one of your weaknesses. The Temple Enforcer is 6 mana and a common card. He is a 6-6 six, six minion. He has a battle cry which gives another minion plus 3 health. And while you can boost anybody in your deck, he's really best paired with the Light Spawn. Because again, you know, health equals attack, so this also boosts his attack as well. But you know, don't be afraid to toss him out there to save that one taunter you have, or, you know, save an important critter that you might want to keep on the board. And the last Preach card for the deck is Mind Control, which costs 8 mana. And this is the card that everyone expects priests will have, and there's kind of a lot of rage on the boards right now about it. And this takes control of an opponent's minion permanently. 
You won't be able to attack right when you play the card. You know, you play the card and take a minion. It'll stay on your side of the board, you know, kind of in sleep mode, as it were, as if you yourself had played the card. You also won't get any battle cry effect because, you know, it's already happened. It's already in play. You're just, you know, taking control of it. But ongoing effects that the card has or death rattle type effects will count because, you know, you're taking over ownership of the card. Be very cautious to save it for something that can really turn, you know, the tide of battle, as it were. Or, you know, if the opponent's in a really bad position and they play this one card and that's all they have, you know, you might want to go ahead and play it then to sort of keep the advantage. But be very, very careful when you play it because it is really expensive. It is a, a pretty late game card. And since your opponent, you know, will be expecting you to play it at some point, you know, they might have something, you know, that can counter it or, you know, instantly kill the card you take. So be very, very careful about when you play it. The neutral cards for this deck are Light Warden. She's one mana and she's rare. She has one attack and two life. But her special thing is that she gets plus two attack anytime any other character is healed. This is anybody on your side or anybody on the opponent's side. I've actually been in a match where I put her on the board and then I attack the enemy hero. You know, he takes one damage. And then I actually use my hero power to heal him, thus triggering her ability. And now, you know, she's a 3-2. So you can really twist some stuff up with her. Also, she's really great in terms of early offense. Because she's so light, you know, if you get her out in the first couple rounds, you get a pretty good, you know, head start on things. And that sets you into, you know, a very nice life cycle at the beginning of the game. And if you can, you know, actually get two of them and get both of them out, you know, you're doubling all of the bonuses they get from healing. She's also okay mid-game if you can get a defender out there and keep her defended. Because, you know, she does get that boost, so, you know, the longer she stays out and the more you can heal, you know, the bigger she's going to get. Be mindful, though, with only two health, she is kind of vulnerable. And, you know, with that increasing attack, she is kind of high threat, so your opponent's going to want to get rid of her pretty quickly. And, of course, you know, being life-based, you don't want to use her during a death cycle. Because, you know, you won't be able to heal, so she won't get that boosted effect. She'll just kind of stay at, you know, whatever stat she's at. So if you happen to be, you know, in a death cycle at the time, she's probably not worth playing. Might just want to hang on to her. The Torin Warrior is one of my favorite taunters. He has three mana and a common card. He has taunt, and he has an enrage ability which gives him plus three attack. He's a great early game defender. And if you can get him down, you know, just that one hit point, he's still got two life. You know, he's not under super huge threat, especially early game. And being a priest, you know, you can heal him back up. It's not a huge deal. Do note, though, that if he ever gets back to maximum hit points, he will lose the enrage ability. So, you know, with him, you might be walking a fine line of boosted damage versus base damage. If you can get something like power word shield on him, you know, that gives him two extra health. And you get a little bit more wiggle room there. Of course, him going down and getting enraged and you healing him back up to full health really pairs well with the Light Warden's ability if you get them both out early. And it's this really nice dance of he gets hurt, you heal him, she gets boosted attack damage. Has very cool early game slash speed deck synergy if you can get that going right. And the last neutral card is Senjin Shieldmaster. 
He is 4 mana, and he's your main taunter, but he's not so threatening because he's only got 3 attack and 5 health. But you can boost that with the Temple Enforcer's, you know, plus 3 health, or the plus 2 from Power Word Shield. And of course, you know, you always have your heal power, you know, he gets dinged, not quite dead, you can heal him back up again. So it's kind of good, you know, he has a bit more health than attack. I didn't mention specific numbers of cards because, you know, I want to leave that flexibility up to you. You know, as you get the commons and rares, you know, you'll have more or less options, you know, on which you want to put how. But I would highly recommend sort of targeting, you know, the following. Get two Mind Vision. Get two Power Word Shield. Get two Torn Warrior, because as I said, they're great, you know, early game defenders. Get two Thought Steel, because they can make up for a lot of the deck's weaknesses, you know, depending on which cards you pull. Sometimes you can <laughs> pull completely useless ones too. But you know, sometimes you can get some awesome ones. I've pulled more than a few legendaries, so there's that. Get two Aochini Soul Priests. Because she is really the controller of, you know, are you in a life or death cycle. But it's really, you know, her ability and the Shadow Word cards, you know, that put you into a death cycle. So without her, you know, the deck kind of loses a lot, I think. And lastly, I'd say go for two mind control. But that is my suggestion for my mind mender deck. Hopefully it will help you out you know, in terms of dealing with those players who do have, you know, 11 billion legendaries that are frustrating you. But as I said, you know, this is a very difficult deck to master. You really kind of have to know, you know, the strategies and synergies of sort of all of the classes, including this deck. So it will certainly not be the easiest to run. Uh, might not be the easiest to put together because it does have a lot of common and some rares. But I think it might you know, help you get a leg up on those people who are really kind of frustrating you. Because it is, I think, a pretty strong control deck. I'm doing pretty well with it. Not quite recovered to my previous rank position yet, so don't know how viable it is, you know, the higher you go in the ladders, but I'm doing pretty well. I think it might actually be the strongest deck I have right now. Though my main is still pretty much mage. I'd probably play this one almost as much. Hopefully, you'll have a good time with it. Since there's not much going on in my life, there's not much for the news. AMD has sort of paper launched their R9 and R7 graphics generation. I think I mentioned that before. Like yesterday, one card actually started to sort of show up in pre-order state. So I should be seeing you know some reviews pretty quickly. And so I'll be able to, you know, change my system recommendation and, you know, my PC page on those for those into AMD cards. The reviews I saw today of, you know, that one card, where it is kind of just a refresh of their current generation, not so much, you know, a, a new 
more powerful generation. So I really don't think they'll be taking over any higher end spots. I think they're just going to be, you know, what's currently out there just under a different name. But I don't know. Um, We'll see as more cards come out and reviewers get their hands on them. What's up with that? Batman Arkham Origins is due out on the 25th. It's kind of the next game I have coming, so going to have to think up some stuff to talk about between now and then. Ender's Game, a movie, is coming out on November 1st. Looks pretty cool. I read the book way back in the day. I don't remember too much about it. So it should be pretty cool to see. That's it for the news. that's it for this week's Rabbit's Rumblings podcast. Again, there's no Pirate's Treasure. I am still on track for replacing my laptop in about a little more than a week for me, which means I'll probably have to do two more on the netbook, though I know pretty much there isn't any difference in sound to you guys, so that's good. But that should be coming pretty soon, so I won't have to worry about whatever issues my current laptop has in its dying state. Thankfully, it's been, you know, very good so far. And hopefully, you know, once I give it to my friend and it's in a permanently plugged-in state, it, you know, won't have any issues for him. And, you know, last him long enough to, you know, get his own desktop together. I guess that's really it. I can't think of anything else to say. Um, Obviously, not much going on because I haven't got anything to talk about, really. But hopefully people had an okay time and your life is not sad like my life because that would be sad. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. Mindbender. 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 It is not the cheapest deck I will talk about. Pretty much I do... But, you know, things like Power Ward Shield. But things like Power Ward... But things like Power Ward... But as I said, you know, this is a very difficult deck to master. You really kind of have to know the strategy. Oh, I guess a lot of that news should be cut out and put in here. No pirate's treasure. Cut that out. Put it in here. Laptop. Cut that out. Put it in here. He knows, Doctor. He has reasoned it out.
You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.